Welcome to Club Happy Earth, the podcast. I'm Skylar, the human behind Happy Earth Habits, and this is a podcast branch off of our community group, Club Happy Earth. Club Happy Earth is a community full of earth lovers ready to make big change on this planet. It's a place to build friendships, have heartfelt convos, and inspire each other. Now we're taking some of the conversations we have in the group to this podcast so you can listen to them on the go in your busy life. Everything from our monthly vibe workshops to interviews with eco-friendly experts and more. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to the club. Hello and welcome back to the Club Happy Earth podcast. We're back. I'm very excited to be back. You know, I pop in and out of here when I feel like it. And today I feel like it. So we are recording a podcast. I also thought, you know what, rather than me just sitting here talking into a mic, I brought my sister in. Hey, this is Callie. Um, We live together and I thought, you know what? It might be cool to have a conversation about this. So I went to school for sustainability. Callie did not. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) She did not. She definitely picked up on a lot of things because we live together. But I think I, I just thought it would be cool to bring her in have her be the second person on the non-expert <laughs> sustainability girl. Um, <laughs> she is a passionate earth lover. Yes. But has a lot of questions. So I thought, you know what? So do all the people who listen to my podcast. So they're probably in the same shoes. Not saying that I'm the expert on all things, but I do have a lot of knowledge in this. So knows more than I do. So <laughs> So I'm gonna talk about it. And happy Earth Month. We are recording this in Earth Month. This is an Earth Month special episode special edition episode and if you are new to the happy earth habits family if you are coming from the club if you're coming from tiktok welcome we i'm just going to give you a quick little rundown we have club happy earth which is a geneva (laughs) a geneva group where like-minded earth lovers come to hang out share tips tricks habits stories make friends all of the above and in the club we are also doing a special earth month room so if you go in there you'll see the happy earth habits earth month room and in there we are posting habits happy earth month habits that you can incorporate in your day-to-day based on some topics that we love we really wanted to focus our earth month content around celebrating the parts of the planet that we love. I think when you feel inspired about something, it's a lot easier to feel motivated to change your habits to help benefit it. So we picked some things that we thought most people love, which our four categories are oceans, wildlife, forest, and soil. So we have habits, tips, content, all that around those. And also we're going to be doing a deep dive episode on each of those topics. So that is what you're listening to today. We are starting it off with oceans. Um, so we're going to dive deep into oceans and all of the above, which I think oceans are a really cool place to start this conversation off because oceans are crucial to our planet, to our ecosystems, to the way that just, I mean, the cycles and the systems and everything is set up. And I want to start this conversation off just kind of talking about what I love about the oceans and what Callie loves about the oceans and celebrating our oceans. I think we as a family love the beach. We are beach people. I love the ocean. (laughs) I love it. Callie has always been 
an ocean. Like girl. I see seaweed. Oh, it's on my body. Oh, <laughs> I'm spending 45 minutes looking for some shells in the morning. Like I love the ocean. Waves, dolphins. I will bring binoculars and I'll just look out there for like She's committed. Yeah. She lo- she almost lost a tooth boogie boarding. Yeah, I've she- lost my bathing suit bottoms in the ocean. <laughs> like the ocean is a part of me. <laughs> yes, I'm just saying that that's not really eco-friendly, but also wasn't my choice to lose those. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did look for them. A but- wave took them off. That was so funny. That was when she was a kid. Yeah, um, and my mom had to come into the ocean. <laughs> Our mom towel. had to come into the ocean with a towel and right as I'm getting out, because like I wrapped up in the towel, and right as I'm getting out, a sandstorm blows the towel. Like, it was one of the funniest times of my life. There was sand flying everywhere, because the towel was soaking wet, too. So then the, the towel got covered in sand. Yeah. Callie has a- no pants. Like <laughs> I just have my Justice tankini on. <laughs> and then cut scene two days later, I chip my tooth boogie boarding. Can't feel my jaw. <laughs> Then I have to go dance at a dance competition all weekend. It was really rough. Okay, anyways, I love the ocean. We love the ocean. I used to live at the beach in the summers when I lived in New York. So I just feel like I have a big connection to the oceans and also just the waterways. And I think that's also something important to note is that all of the water on our planet is connected in one way um, and it all kind of feeds into each other, whether it's through the water cycle, through clouds, through rain, like it's all connected. I think a lot of you guys know I love the lake. I am Great Lakes girly. And so that is a big part of like who I am and what I love too. So I just am very into giant wa- bodies of water, giant bodies <laughs> of water. Yes. And like there's science, you know, there's science too why when you leave the beach and you leave water you feel good because it like neutralizes the ions in your body and it's the same kind of science behind grounding putting your feet on the ground like we are a big our body's a lot of water so when we get into water it like neutralizes it and it makes you feel better so not only is it just great for your overall being and essential to the planet it's great for your health and wellness too yeah and for your looks it makes your hair look so good <laughs> slay <laughs> mine i've got naturally wavy hair and i will literally go to the ocean just to dunk my head in it and then i'll leave <laughs> we love the ocean anyways one of my friends from that lived at the beach for her wedding she didn't get her hair done. She just said, I just got to go put it in the ocean. It's and that a real is thing. It's a real thing. I know. So we love the ocean. And I just think that when we talk about this stuff, the, the information is heavy. The science, the facts, like I'm going to be real with you guys. It's a lot. It is emotional. And I think if you've been into the Happy Earth Habits family for a while, you know that when I was learning this stuff in school, I would come home and sit on my balcony and like cry every day um, because I was like, this is so sad. And that was really how Happy Earth Habits was born was because I was thinking, I just can't know this stuff and not do anything about it. And so I think that's something really important to remember is like, yes, it's important to understand the impacts that are happening to our planet, like things that are affecting our planet, but it's also important to remember that our actions can help it and can help move the needle. And I know that a lot of times we're like, we're only one person. It's only one thing. Like there's millions of trash in the ocean and all this kinds of stuff. And it's really just, it's important for us to remember that we can vote with our dollar. Like we have a voice in this, the companies that are doing a lot of these like bigger scale things that are affecting the planet 
they're listening to us, they're watching what we're doing, they're seeing our buying patterns, and they're pivoting and changing things to that too. So I just think it's important to remember that when we talk about this and like go into it with a different framework around it, because it can be emotional, like Callie and I were talking about already. And she was like, oh, this is pulling my heartstrings. Yeah, it's just so intense. And it's just like, you just think, how did we let it get to this point? Mm -hmm. That's what I always think. I'm always just like, I mean, even I'm new to sustainability and doing things. And I'm like, how did I, like, how is this not even talked about prior? Right. It's crazy to really just, when you actually think about it, like you see eco-friendly this, you see sustainability this, you see we need to protect X, Y, Z. But like, how did it get to this point where it's like all these facts are like crazy numbers? Well, and I think at least for me, when you like learn things, when you listen to stuff like conversations like this and you understand it a little bit more on a deeper level of just, oh, plastic straws hurt the oceans like and because of wildlife, like when you actually look at it, when you actually understand like what the big picture is, you see how it's all connected. It, it gives you a little bit of a different framework when you are purchasing these eco-friendly products or it just lights a little fire under your butt to keep you involved in this. So it's not conversations that we have every day. Like you're not hearing things like this every day. And I think one, because yeah, it's not fun. It's actually crazy. A lot of the conversations, but I think that they are important conversations to have. And I think when we have these conversations and we can walk away feeling inspired and lit up and not like doom and gloom, then there's a lot more good that comes from it. And so that's something like, I just want to preface this. That's my intention. Like listen to it all the way through because it's a lot. I'm not going to lie. I was even like remembering a lot of this going, Oh my, like when I was typing out, I was like, I forgot about this. Like you forget about it. So it's important to have those conversations, but I also want to like leave the conversation with you guys feeling lit up, inspired and like ready to make change and have conversations with other people in a way that impacts them. Raise your hand if you're ready to be shook. (laughs) Okay, so now we are getting into it. We're going to kick this thing off with three things that we each love about the ocean. And we also hope that you have three things in your mind that you love about the ocean, too. So take a minute. If you want, post them in the group in the Earth Month tab. We'd love to see them. I'll kick it off with I love the feeling of the water on my skin. Like there's something about just jumping in the ocean. It feels so cleansing and like you will always catch me in the water. I love the water. I also am infatuated with whales and like just wildlife in the ocean. It is mind blowing. It is so crazy. And to know that we haven't even discovered all of the ocean. We've toured like 10% not even, right? I don't know what, I know that a lot of our oceans are still undiscovered. And so I think that it's just, there's so much coolness in the ocean um and I also am just I'm thankful for our ocean because it does a lot for us it picks up a lot of our slack and we're gonna get into that but like it does it does a lot it holds big weight and I'm very just thankful for it I don't think it gets enough credit so I'm thankful for the ocean I love the ocean I'm gonna hand off to Callie about her three things that she loves about the ocean okay so these are in no particular order but one thing I love is the seashells and how there's so many they're all so different There's some that are lavender, they're coral, they're blue. Like there's so many different colors. You could throw sand dollars in there. And like, where do they come from? Like, I just think that's so fascinating and cool. And then the second thing I love is I love the feeling of when, so you're in the water or you're just getting into the water and a wave comes and you dive like a dolphin into it or like a mermaid and you feel the weight 
yeah go the opposite way that you're going and just like the salt water <laughs> oh on your skin that's so fun and then the third thing I would honestly have to say the animals too even if you're just standing there and you just see a little fish go by they can be scary sometimes <laughs> like sometimes I'm like oh my god what just touched me but like other than that whales yeah. they're so big I think if Dolphins. I had to pick like I'm not playing favorites here but like if I had to pick sea creatures are my favorite category they are really like, they're cool. just cool they're really cool lobsters crabs dolphins stingrays jellyfish manatees what, what's what is a jellyfish like how does oh it like it's crazy like that? squid yeah. i saw this video of a squid on tiktok and i i couldn't believe it was a real creature no like, it's it crazy looked, i don't know like i don't know just, maybe it's so foreign to us because we're like not in ohio like <laughs> Yes, but like I was gonna say, because like, because <laughs> we don't live in water, like we live on land right, we're with like other land animals. Creatures, like so the animals. Yeah, because we live in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing we have to anything is like a hermit crab. Yeah. Well. Anyways, okay. So make sure that you guys post your comments in the group of your three You'll reasons. You'll see ours. Oh. <laughs> Go. You'll see ours in there. Tell them that. You'll see ours in there. Make sure that you comment on that. And it's just important to remember why you love the ocean and just light that fire. So I'm going to get into it. I want to start this off about just kind of briefly talking about our the way our world works. And there are different spheres of our planet and water is one of them. So like the atmosphere the hydrosphere is water one, okay? And we'll, throughout this series, we're going to talk about that a little bit, but I want to focus on the hydrosphere, um, which is all the water on our planet. It's including water in the clouds. It's including the groundwater. So we're going to take that all into consideration. But that is 70% of our planet and the, like the systems around it, which is all water. So this is a big deal. And I we're going to be talking about the oceans today, but I do think at some point, we'll do like a deep dive episode on freshwater and all of that kind of stuff because it is really cool. And so our planet is 70% covered in water. 70% of this planet is water, which is crazy to think about because we're on land. So think about how big land is and think about that is only 30%, which is actually it might be lower than that because there's other spheres. The atmosphere is considered in there, too. So it's a little lower than that. So that's wild to me to think that 70% is oceans. Well, water. Water is crucial. And of the water on this planet, only 2.5% of that is fresh water. So that's why there's a bunch of crazy information about the fresh water supply on our planet and all that kind of stuff. We're going to focus more on the oceans today, which is not fresh water, but it is a crucial part of the water system, which is all connected. And I just think it's wild because of that 2.5% fresh water, only 1% of that is readily available, like to use other fresh waters and glaciers and in the groundwater, it's in the air. So it's not like readily usable. And so you know, we need that fresh water to grow crops, feed animals. A big portion of that fresh water gets used on like manufacturing to cool off machines, to dye clothing. And that's like a whole nother thing that we can get into. But I just think it's important to note like while we're getting into it. So I have this kind of set up. One is going to lead us into the other. And I want to break it down with key points about our oceans and the way that humans affect it. And so to start us off, we're going to get a little sciencey, and um, I think that's fun. We're going to nerd out a little bit, 
as I was saying before, I went to school for ethics and sustainability. So I have a little bit of a background in this. I'm definitely not a scientist, but I think I have enough information to be able to share it. I definitely understand the more sustainability side and how we affect the planet, but it's important. We have to have a foundation of how our planet works and how are these systems and everything goes together. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the oceans getting warmer and our oceans being what people consider a carbon sink. So they hold a ton of carbon for the planet. And if you're familiar, CO2 carbon in that's what we produce. So carbon dioxide is CO2 in the air. And that is a big part of the carbon cycle. And we inhale, exhale, like we're part of this carbon cycle. We create carbon dioxide, plants absorb that. And we, you know, we also create the fossil fuels from burning them, which also creates CO2. So there's a lot of things. CO2 is not necessarily like bad up front, but then it's the excess CO2 that then creates the issue because then what happens is we don't know what to do with it. The planet. So wait, what issue does the CO2 create? You said the leftover CO2 creates an issue. What well, issue? Yeah. Okay. So it's not, or are you getting into that? I'm getting into it, but it's not necessarily leftover. It's just excess. It's the excess that gets created. So the more I'd say when we started like the industrial revolution and we started all making products and all that kind of stuff. We then are putting a lot more in the air air. and it's not good to breathe in. Well, it's not necessarily about breathing it in. It's about, so the carbon cycle is set up to like kind of filter it out. So plants absorb it. We breathe it in. It goes through the water. It goes through the oceans. But what happens is when we create a lot at once, then we're not like the systems that the earth is can't absorb it all or can't like filter it through this cycle Mm. all at once. So then there's just a bunch of extra CO2 around because our earth is set up as a checks and balances system. So when there's one thing created, something else turns into it, which is really cool because um, if you see a lot of like closed loop economies or closed loop products, it means like the waste of it is turned into something for another part of the product. And that is modeled after our planet because that's what our planet does with yeah. the water cycle, with the carbon cycle, um, with the nitrogen cycle, the waste that's created gets turned into something else. So if you want to get more sciencey into it, like maybe we do one all about the carbon cycle and what that is. But I think what, ha- so what happens basically is we as humans have created excess amounts of CO2 in the air and then it just kind of either sits there because it's like, what do we do with it? And that's where you get like the ozone and all of that kind of stuff, or the ocean absorbs it. And the ocean is key to absorbing our greenhouse gases that we produce. So 93% of heat from greenhouse gases gets absorbed into the ocean. So imagine that that's a lot of the greenhouse gases. So that's why our oceans get warmer because when the ocean absorbs those the CO2 or the greenhouse gases, it gets warmer. And the warmer the ocean gets, then what we get into this thing is ocean acidification. So the ocean absorbs a lot of the CO2 and then the water becomes acidic. So the more CO2 it absorbs, the more acidic the water gets. And the colder water absorbs CO2 better than warmer water. So the warmer the water gets, the harder it is for it to absorb the CO2. And also the more CO2 it absorbs, it becomes more acidic. So my professor in college, she always said that 
ocean acidification is like the evil twin of ocean temperatures rising because one rises and then the other one rises and they just keep going. And when the ocean gets more acidic, it has an effect on like the wildlife in the ocean. So they have linked it to like the shells and the skeletons of the animals getting softer and like actually like that's what disintegrates some of the shells on things. And so the more acidic things are, it's like kind of like lemon juice and vinegar and all that kind of stuff. The more acidic things are, it dissolves the shells around the animals, which are important to protect the animals. And so they've been seeing a lot of, of stuff. Li- of the live animals? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And the skeleton, like the their bones, because yeah. it's so, I mean, you have to think about it. The animals are living in this they're like in acidic it. and they're used to it being more alkaline. So generally the ocean is pretty alkaline. Salt water is pretty alkaline. And so when it gets hotter, there's a chemical reaction. Don't ask me about that because I'm not going to be able to explain that well. Um, but it creates it to be more acidic. And so that we see um, that also causes the coral bleaching. And so you're, we're seeing it affect the you know, shells and skeletons of these animals, which are crucial to the ecosystems and like the food chains because they're at the bottom of the food chain. So it affects all of the wildlife in the ocean when just one or two things are out of balance. And so we're seeing the ocean acidification. And then we also see when the water gets warmer, we see coral bleaching. And I think this one's crazy to me because, um, I mean, I've never really seen a coral reef. Like I know I've seen some reefs and all that kind of stuff. But if you think about the Great Barrier Reef and all this kind of stuff, like this reefs are super important. And so I didn't know this, but like the Great Lakes have reefs and, um, they're not all coral reefs. There's like a difference, but Coral reefs are super important because they act as a natural barrier from the ocean to land. So usually they protect the land from the ocean waves and storms and all that kind of stuff. So they're really important to protecting the land around the ocean. And then um, like they absorb wave forces, storm surges, keeps the coastline community safe. So that's one reason why coral reefs are super important, but they're also essential for a healthy biodiverse ecosystem in the ocean because they act as um like they provide a lot of shelter uh spawning grounds protection from predators like think finding nemo like yeah so the coral reefs are really important they're home to a lot of animals and wildlife and just ecosystems yeah yeah in the ocean that really can affect food chain and then they also act as a barrier they're really crucial to the protecting the land there's a lot of i mean there the coral itself acts as food um for different things protection like it's just they they're really they're important very important right and so well i feel like they're always that's one of the number one things that you hear about when you think about when you when hear, you about, hear the about the oceans, the oceans yep. and all that kind of stuff you always hear about the coral but there's never like I like feel like why it, right. yeah there's What's never like what is actually yes. going on and like why is this happening and then like there's never anything that oh here's what you can do mm-hmm. so right well and so with coral so I didn't really get into it but when the ocean gets warmer what the, the coral what happens is the coral gets stressed we have to remember the coral's an animal so when it gets stressed what it does is it turns on their fight or flight so if you think about how humans work and when you get stressed you run on adrenaline and so i think a lot of people i mean we see like 
people who have adrenal fatigue. I had it like something that that's why my hair was falling out. It was because my thyroid, like, because when you get stressed, your body goes into fight or flight and then you're like producing, you're running off of adrenaline. And it's similar idea and concept as the coral reef. So when the water gets warmer, they get stressed and then that's when they turn white. So they produce excess algae, like, cause it's their, that's their thing. And then they let it all go. It's the tissue in them. And then they turn completely white. And so that's crazy. That's and so it's ba- it's a sign of an unhealthy coral, obviously, because then they deplete all their nutrients because they think like they're stressed or dying, like they whatever. Yeah. And then they turn white. And so usually then after that, it's really hard to get it back to like a healthy thing. Basically, the coral dies. And what's really cool is there's a really cool documentary called Chasing coral and they document this and there's a lot of organizations that are like growing coral in a lab and then taking it into the ocean and like replanting it almost that's cool um and to help rejuvenate and help the reefs but in our lifetime like we're probably gonna see we've already seen a massive impact in the past few years of coral bleaching and just the way that our reefs have been operating and i think that we will see a lot more and Later in the episode, I'm going to go into all a lot of things that we can do to help support our oceans and just habits that we can have. But I think an important one is to just remember to like our actions, even if we don't live around the oceans, can still affect the oceans. And like we have to remember that that when the oceans get warmer, then like it stresses a coral out. it, It messes up a lot of things. The and so I think that coral bleaching is like a wild one to me. I really recommend watching that documentary because it's crazy i think it is it's even a short period of time they show and they documented like one of the biggest coral bleaching that they had on record i think was in the great barrier reef and they documented the whole thing double check me on that because i don't exactly remember but i just remember watching it going holy crap this is wild yeah i know everyone's seen like pictures of Mm -hmm. the coral reef before and like now and it's crazy it's like a drastic difference yeah like there it's wild and to think that it started like that i know imagine what it looked like like years, years ago. ago yeah, yeah. It's i was crazy. just talking to somebody about like you know living like before cell phones and like technology and stuff and like it's the same concept it's just crazy to think about and it's like how did we get here literally mm-hmm. how did we get here right. and what's gonna happen <laughs> well i think at least and i want to talk um this like is a great segue into the next topic but um a lot of times like we back in the day like we didn't really understand things like this oh yeah because and the more technology we yeah. have the better we can understand and the more like research this. we do the more yeah. like we understand it but like we are still reaping the effects of oil spills and like them dumping pollution into the ocean chemicals hazardous waste into the ocean like we're still reaping those effects Did they used now. to do that yes hazardous cr- waste yes i knew like oil spills and stuff but like like they knowingly yes. like oh we don't know where to put this and yes. just dumped it in the freaking ocean yes what do they do with it they didn't know and like <gasps> it's crazy because um there's a i forget what it is but when uh, this is gonna i can't there's an act that was placed in there's a book that i've written about it and this woman did a study on all of 
the effects that they were having with some of the pesticides and chemicals that they were using on the plants. And the government was like, no, no, no. This was when the EPA was created. Like this was one of the main things that the EPA did right in the beginning. They're like, no, it doesn't have any effects on it. And she's like, it's literally killing like all of these animals. Like you're telling us that we're eating this and it's not going to have effect on it. I'm going to, I was just going to say like, let alone like all of the other things that it's going to, people are going in that ocean. Right. I know people were swimming years and years and years ago. And they're dumping that in there. Like, that's such a crazy concept. Yeah. And so like now to us, that's like, like you're ne- so yes. dumb. And, and the other thing um, that's crazy is a lot of the other countries are still dumping things in there because there is no regulations is, on it. Yeah. Like, and so I think that's where it's important to like come together as a world. Um, and like, I literally, I'm sorry. I can't even fathom. I know it's crazy. And the other, like, uh, if you watch we're going to do a blog post with a lot of these resources. So I will link all my sources on there. I'll link all the documentaries. Like you'll be able to see it all. We'll post it in the club. So you'll be able to see it. But, um, one of the documentaries that I recommend is the river blue. And that one is more specifically about the fashion industry, but there's a clip in there where they're asking, Oh, where does the the wastewater go with all, all these chemicals in this thing, all the dyes, everything are in this. And they're asking the people who run the factory, where does the wastewater go? And they're like, out. We don't know. Like, they don't know where it goes. And they're just in there, like, dumping it. And they're like, we just, it goes through the pipes. And they're like, well, where does the pipes go? And they're like, we don't know. And, like, they're like, what do you mean you don't know? They have no no idea. And so then. Who knows? They And so the people who were doing the documentary are trying to track where the heck this is going. And yeah. they could barely even track it. And it was, like, ended up being pipes underground miles and miles and miles away it gets dumped into a river that then goes into where a whole community uses that water and lives off of it and so you're they're living out of this bright pink water because that's the color of the season and no fucking way yeah like isn't that crazy that is so and there's just and it's just they're not like thinking about where it's going or they don't know or they haven't thought about it and like there's no regulations around yeah. it and so i just think like that it's important but to like think. why is that not being talked about like more i don't know don't ask me like i was crying watching this documentary and going like what in the actual heck is going on i feel like every person mostly that you would say that information to would be like jaw on the floor like what that is just crazy town yeah I know. And like, it's just, it's wild. And so I think for me, there's a lot stricter regulations around the world, across the board on what to do with like oil, toxic materials, dyes, all that now. But like a common place was to dump it in the ocean. And so we're still reaping the effects of that now. Um, And another, like another crazy part of that is it's called eutrophication. And so what happens is when nutrients, so if you think about when they dump chemicals into the ocean, whether it is like runoff from farms, all that kind of stuff, a lot of it can end up in the ocean. And that's where you'll see like algae growth, um, overgrowth of it. It really affects the wildlife. Um, even like in Lake Erie, there is an overgrowth of algae. And a lot of it was, they were trying to track it to the farmers. And, um, I actually know a farmer who has a farm, closer to Lake Erie and he was like 
it's not the farmers like we are we're tracking it all we have to document all the stuff that we're using we have to document our water he goes you know where it's coming from it's coming from people putting it in their yards and like that was where a lot of that was coming from and then they were able to trace it in lake Erie. um the fertilizers the pesticides pesticides that people were using on their lawns because there's no there's no tracking on that you can just get that stuff at home depot right and so then what happens is those so nitrogen is one of the highest chemical one of the or one of the highest things in the fertilizer so the nitrogen makes things grow so that is what is important for the things to grow and so then when you put all of the chemicals in the ocean to make or ocean or water wherever to make things grow the algae is going to grow like crazy like there's an yeah. algae overgrowth and what it does is it disrupts it the food Wait, chain hold on. you mean when it runs off into the ocean mm-hmm. you said when you put it in the ocean oh yeah so well yeah when it gets run off in the ocean if people dump things in the ocean like um a lot of times it, it's meant for things to grow so it makes course. things grow so then it's going to make the algae grow and it throws off the whole thing wow um and so that I mean, that's just like that was a little bit of a tangent, but in terms of like oil spills, I was just talking to my boyfriend. I was like, I don't go to BP to get my gas because ever since, ever since the oil oil spill, like yeah. they just handled it so poorly. And I think there's a lot of other. I feel like that is also like a main reason why our generation is so passionate about it. Well, we like, grew we, up like with yeah stuff like that yeah that was a hectic time right i was not i even, mean i remember like, it just was spilling 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 yeah barrels I wasn't old. of thousands and millions of barrels into the ocean of oil yeah like and then it just they can't clean it up really like that like well, so oil and water right and oh so it just is there and so like oh, i just have yeah. so much respect for our ocean how much it takes on yeah. which is crazy and so i mean we haven't even gotten to it's, the plastic side of things Obviously, dumping things in oceans can destroy literally entire habitats, whether it's oil, whether it's toxins, whether it's sediment, whether it's the fertilizers, runoffs, all of that kind of stuff. And so I just think we a lot of these topics are like, I'm not dumping anything to the ocean. Like, what what am I supposed to do about it? And like, that's just, again, where it's super important to do our due diligence as a conscious consumer and know what kinds of brands we're supporting know what kind of food we're buying where they're what kind of chemicals they're using all of the above so now i'm gonna get into plastic which is crazy um and i honestly forgot about this like i can't i was when i was going through my notes i pulled up all my old notes from school and i was just like going through some things and i forgot about the great pacific garbage patch and just garbage patches in general it is a wild concept and those are things that we don't see no like when you go to the beach for vacation you're not not seeing that. that correct so the one in the great pacific is the biggest one and the thing is what happens is plastic floats in water most plastic floats in water so then it just like floats around and with the way the oceans are the currents and all that stuff it just gets piled up in like one area so if you think about i don't know if you're familiar with like a pond or a lake or something and like there's always like that back corner with all the gunk in it because the current and the way that the wind is and it pushes it all to one area and that's the same thing that happens with the ocean with the trash and the plastic it all just goes in one area so the great pacific garbage patch is the biggest one it covers 1.6 million square kilometers. So it is twice the size of Texas or three times the size of France in trash covering our ocean. No way. Think about that for a minute. Like, just take a minute and think about that. Why is it the three times the size of France? That's the one that's like 
And there's so there's Holy also there's multiple moly. garbage patches. Yeah, that's there's not. There's, I think there's the five of them. One. That's the biggest one. There's five of wow. them, four or five of them. That's the biggest one, which is crazy. And so I think we this is a lot of the times where most people are educated about yeah. is like the plastic in the ocean. I mean, we especially know, with the straw movement. Right. <laughs> we all remember that. Right. So we still like most restaurants, at least in Ohio, have paper straws. Paper or, straws. Yeah, don't. Yeah. And they don't work the best, but you know, you might gonna, hear these facts and be like, damn, I'm never going <laughs> to underestimate one of these little things again. You also can just bring your own straw. If you are like so anti paper straw, it's okay. You can just bring your own pro tip when you are using paper straws, since we're on this topic, when you're not drinking your drink, take it out and set it across the top of the oh God, that's a good cup. Idea. So it doesn't just yeah, keep getting yeah. soggy. And then I mean, when you drink, just put your straw right back in and then bam. And like, I honestly, I need to take this tip more, but like wild idea here. You don't have to use a straw. Well, that <laughs> is like, such I'm a wild a idea, girl. but like, like I heard, a, <laughs> I heard a crazy fact that like, are they really washing their dishes? And Stop. then like, do you know what I mean? So like, I'm going to be using a straw, but paper for sure. Just bring your own. Get or BYO. Yes. Get a keychain straw. We love those. Go and silly. Just, Link yes. in the description. Go silly. Um, I need to. I I think mine's my car. I need to get another one. But we have lots of different ones. So it's estimated that 8.8 million tons of plastic waste end up in the oceans each year. So that is the weight of 25,000 Empire State Buildings. Just for your information here. The, and those things are made out of metal. Every year. That's how much it goes plastic waste not just trash plastic waste in the ocean and it's the same thing it i mean i really just what happens to the waste like what where does it go like there it has to go somewhere where is it going landfills or the ocean like honestly um and again the united states has very different policies on where the trash has to go and regulations and i think there's a lot of different regulations in different countries and i know like in the united states ours are very different and so it's not necessarily because to me it's like how what like and it's these companies and it's just like it i don't even know i don't even like we don't even know how is that much trash getting in the ocean i don't even know i don't are they dumping it yeah probably like they have to be right so it's crazy is it just all like people littering or is it just i mean when you think how many plastic bags average i see them bag well 50 bags and they'll double bag and plastic and like for one person and there's about 70 people Mm -hmm. maybe just in the yeah literally in line um that's a crazy fact the other crazy number that is wild is that I remember hold on bags, which is the compostable trash bags. Like we work pretty closely with them. And one of their things that is they're compostable. And one of their main reasons that they wanted to do this was because a lot of times trash bags don't actually end up in landfills. They end up in oceans. They end up in wildlife things. They get blown off trucks. They get all over the place because they just get all whatever carried on and trash uh, bags, plastic bags, period in general are the number one, um, item of plastic in the ocean yeah they well, make up exactly w- you're using so many per person and then they're so easy to just like right the the wind will take them no matter of time and i think it's just crazy to think about i mean we yeah. know i'm not going to sit here and tell you what happens it gets caught um in wildlife they 
they mistake it for food. They eat it most of the time. They get end tangled up, in it. Get tangled in it. They die of starvation from because they have it their plastic is them. their stomach is full of plastic. Like yeah. it's crazy. And so I mean, I just always try to remember that and think about it. Um, and that like brings me into the other part, which is fishing. And so a big part of pollution in the ocean is also from commercial fishing. And this one is near and dear to my heart. And if you would have asked me three years ago if I would have thought this is near and dear to my heart, I probably would have said no. And then but she fell in love <laughs> with a fisher boy. But I was like, then she fell in love with a fish. <laughs> She's like a little mermaid out here. I have been around the fishing community more. So I have, I feel like a different understanding of this than I did a few years ago when I was learning it. But I'm pretty passionate about fishing as of late, which, okay, we're going to rock with that because there's a sustainable way to do it. And then there's a really not sustainable way to do it. And the really not sustainable way to do it is how most of these big corporate commercial fishing companies are doing it so wild. And so the first thing is the plastic pollution from fishing. A lot of the gear nets, all of it get dropped in the ocean. The one that was crazy to me is if, so they say like because the fishing gear is super light and all this stuff, like it's really hard to estimate how much fishing gear is actually in the ocean. But if they had a guesstimate of all the lost, if if all the lost gear was fishing line. So if they took a, took, they were like, okay, yeah. let's say that is, all of the gear is fishing line. It would stretch from here, the moon, like earth to the moon and back more than five times. No. That much? Yeah. But where is it all at? Is it in the garbage patches or? In the garbage patches, um, a lot of this stuff is heavier. So it sinks to oh. the bottom. Then it just like <sighs> sits there. If it gets like, sometimes a net gets lost, like whatever, it just ends up down there in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about how big those nets are that they're using. Huge. Yes. Well, Finding Nemo. Right. Literally Finding Nemo. Crazy. And so then with with the big nets, there's a thing called bycatch. Um, so with these commercial fishing boats, they will cast their net and whatever they pick up, they pick up. And so a lot of times there's fish that is technically like, quote, illegal to fish or they can't, they it's don't have a commercial like, yeah. license for Endangered. it. And, and sometimes they'll pick up things that they don't want to catch. The other thing that's crazy is like they, there's no, not a lot of regulation on the length of fish that you can catch. At least for me, in my experience, from what I've experienced, there's limits for like line recreational fishing. So you can't catch a fish that's under a certain length or you can't catch a fish that is under a certain weight. Yeah, you, have you have to throw to it, back it back because that is like prime spawning size and they want to protect it. Yeah, yeah, they want to protect it. But when you go to these corporate fishing boats or when you go to the commercial fishing boats and especially in different countries and like different territories there's not they're not throwing back the fish that are too small and so it affects the spawning like their bycatch is also the other animals like dolphins turtles like all that stuff gets caught up in it and a lot of times by the time that they actually get to it unfortunately they oh no uh i know it's crazy wow and so like that's why the tuna like a lot of people are like this is like dolphin free tuna or whatever. Yeah. It's because that they were catching so many dolphins with it that like they, that's, that's why. And that so it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And 
then the other thing is like the overfishing, catching too much of the fish at once. Yeah. And then it messes up the reproduction rate reproduction the breeding the population mess it's the imbalance in the food chain and so i mean i'm just going to plug a few of my favorite companies but wild planet and gorton's they do line caught fish and they have a lot of different sustainable things that are going there are a lot of wildlife fishery third-party organizations that help to make sure that like the standards are being held for sustainable fishing because you can eat fish sustainably and there's ways to do it commercially and non-commercial, like recreational, sustainably. And it's just super important. And I know like the fishermen that I know and love, they are doing it more sustainable. Like they go by the leave no trace way of doing it. They're not throwing their stuff in the o- in the water. Because they still want to fish. Right. And, and if at this rate, right. and they're, where is it going to be? They're always throwing it back. I know like at least my people are if i'm not going to eat it it's going back like they enjoy catching it it's a sport too but then if they're not eating it it's going back and if they're going to eat it they're going to eat it and i think that's really important and it just goes back to like our consumption rate the way that we do things like that is really what's important so those are a lot of the big things in the ocean oh the last little thing um, for fishing, it says they say that um, 100 million pounds of plastic gear is lost annually. That's the equivalent weight of 285 blue whales, which the blue whales are the biggest whale in the ocean. Yeah. Those things are huge. If you are a New Yorker, it's the size of the whale that is hanging in the museum. If you've watched um, Night at the Museum, yeah. that movie, that that is the one. Wow. Um, so 285 of those, the weight of them. And okay. they're heavy. Right. Um, and so... To wrap this up and just kind of end this, tie in a knot, I think it's really, again, so important for us to understand what is actually happening, how things are actually affecting the planet. And I think a lot of us are sitting here going, holy crap, this is a lot. Very overwhelming. I mean, Callie's about to cry thinking about the dolphins. I already know. It's just important to remember that a lot of these things are driven by overconsumption and overproduction of things. And so if we can minimize how much we buy, where we buy it from, um, I think voting with our dollar is one of the most important things that we can do here because the companies, if they're making money, they're not as inclined to stop doing the things that they're doing. Yeah. But if we are like, eh, we're not going to buy from companies that are going to mess up our oceans like that, then I think that they're going to take into consideration, hmm, maybe we need to look into our ocean practices and see if we can make them more sustainable. Um, And so this, again, goes with our habits. Like, there is power in the swap. There is power in changing our habits because we're, even though we act as one, there's a ripple effect that goes on. And when we change a habit, we never know the impact that it has. These brands that have lots of money and resources to who are affecting the planet a lot have the money and the power and the resources to change it if they want to. And they're paying attention to our buying habits. They're paying attention to what we care about. We already see this. I think when you're buying things, supporting those brands that are doing it right, that are showing transparency, that are really paying attention to the way that they're producing things. And I think, um, obviously we can lower our carbon footprint, you can do this by what you eat, what you buy, what you consume, the way that you get places, transportation. Cutting down on plastic. Yep. Cutting down on plastic is my other one that... Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Um, That's the next one is like single-use plastic. Like we, there are so many ways that we can cut our use of it down. And if we're stopping to use it, every 
every piece makes a difference. And I know that there is a bigger problem. Like, do not get me wrong. There is a bigger problem. We're not solely doing it. But when we start to change our habits, it creates movement. Like, for example, the straws. I know the straws are very minimal in terms of like the big picture of things. But But look at all the places that don't have straws anymore. Same with bags. New York banned plastic bags. No more plastic bags there. Only paper. You have to pay for them. Everything makes a difference. Everything makes a difference. So I think that's important. I'm going to say this, but goes without saying, like, don't litter. Don't throw things in. Yeah. That's one that easy. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. And I think uh, cleaning up beaches, oceans, even if you're on a hike and you see trash, like, you can grab it. Yeah, because most of the time beaches have places to properly dispose of trash. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, like, who knows if it's people littering? Who knows if it's the wind? But just doing your part, walking the extra 10 steps to just make sure our beaches are clean. And I think sunscreen, what kind of sunscreen you're using, there's a lot of coral safe sunscreen um, because the chemicals that go into the ocean, again, stress the coral, cause coral bleaching, cause harm on the coral. So that's important. Eat local wild caught, line caught fish. Um, Befriend a fisherman. This is the best fish you'll ever eat. True that. You can support companies who are third-party verified. There's tons of third-party verifications that help to protect our planet, whether it's plastic-free, whether it's B Corp certified, whether it is um, like sustainable fishing. There are so many different ones. So check those out. Check into those third-party verification or third-party certifications, and then also um, just like you, you can always donate money to ocean cleanups to protect our oceans to protect ocean wildlife like there's so many um organizations that do like ocean cleanups coral restoration um that help support the whales help support the oceans like and definitely check out our group because there are a lot of the companies that we know and love that are supporting different missions um that revolve around the oceans and plastic and all of that so they're great organizations that they're partnering with you can always donate to them and yeah i think we are going to make a blog post with all of the like documentaries that I talked about with all my sources. So you can read those articles. You can read the information that I was reading. Also, like, I guess I'll cite my source of my schooling FIT. Um, I went to FIT. That's where I got a lot of stuff there. And, and I think that's it. So thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, we are also going to continue the series throughout earth month on our soil our wildlife and then trees and forests. So we will be diving deep into those, the importance of them and different things that humans have done that affect them and things that you can do to help them. So thank you so much for listening. This one was a big one, but I think it was packed with a lot of cool information, useful information, things that hopefully inspire you and help you make some change. And with that, we're out. Thank you so much for tuning in to Club Happy Earth, the podcast. If you want more people-to-people connection, make sure to join Club Happy Earth, our free community group on the Geneva app. You can use the link in the show notes to get started. And if you're already a club member, make sure to let us know your favorite part of the episode. For more low-waste and eco-friendly content, check out Happy Earth Habits on Instagram and TikTok. And if you know a friend who would love this convo, make sure to send it to them. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.